Welcome back, everybody, to another ass show, and the two S's spell spooky. They stand for spooky. Adam spooky. Adam Steve spooky show. Yes. Steve, hello. How are you doing today? I am doing very well, Adam. How about yourself? I I'm doing pretty good. I just got back from the theme park today. That's why my hair is all wet. Uh, but I'm excited to talk about some movies and specifically a trailer for a movie that came out. What do you think? So this is one that I've been pretty excited about. We had a Super Mario movie way back in the day that was live action. I don't know how familiar you are with that one. Oh, I have it on DVD. <laughs> Love it. I haven't seen it in so long. I rented it on VHS like all the time back when I was a kid because I just thought it was so ridiculous, but very entertaining at the same time. So it's kind of cool that they're doing an animated movie, whether it is from Illumination, which they're kind of hit and miss with some movies, in my opinion. Like, I like some of the Despicable Me stuff, and they kind of just are all over the place. But anyway, I think they're going to do some cool stuff. And now that this trailer came out, I know a lot of people are kind of mad that Chris Pratt's doing the Mario voice. Does it sound like Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers? I love the person who did the little animation over the voice. It really does sound like that, but I don't think it was that bad. And I really dug the other cast, whether it was Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, and we got to hear a little bit of Charlie Day doing the little Luigi scream, kind of like yelling voice, which I thought was fun. But mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on it? Uh, actually, I'm happy you brought up the old movie because I didn't even think about it. I enjoy it for the disaster piece that it is. Like, it's one of those movies where like for example batman and robin is known as one of the worst comic book movies of all time but i didn't grow up in the 90s uh so when i watched the movie i watched it knowing that i was going into the worst comic book movie ever so i kind of enjoyed it for the cheese that it is same thing with super mario bros because it's bad but like bob hoskins and john leguizamo are fun in the movie i think it's dennis hopper dennis hopper it is hopper yeah he is Oh man, just the just the look of his character is such a trip. But um, they're definitely due for a real life, uh, legitimate adaptation, not real life animated. But uh, do you remember when in Wreck It Ralph when Sonic shows up as a character for like two seconds? Very briefly, yeah. And people freaked out about it. Yeah. People really enjoyed that stuff. So like. If that's what Sonic got, and that's and you saw how like big and popular the first two Sonic movies were, I I I'm really excited for the pop culture explosion that's gonna come when this movie gets released because I think that it looks better than it should because on paper everyone thought it was gonna look terrible, but like the animations pretty fun, the voices are hit and miss, uh, hit or miss, um, and the plot looks generally like what. The movie should look like you know mm-hmm. yeah and i think they're gonna have some little subtle jokes like the penguins that are in there the penguins that are in the old super mario 64 movie that everyone used to throw off the cliffs and stuff they're gonna have a lot of references to your childhood and it's gonna be as a nostalgia trip for the older audiences and i think they're gonna have enough in there for all the little cutesy animation stuff for kids too so like you were saying about all the sonic stuff i think the box office is probably gonna be huge for this I know the controversy over Chris Pratt's kind of fun now, but you know that's just going to drive the box office even more for people to go see it. So I'm excited for it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you think it will gross a $100 million opening weekend? And when is it coming out? I think it's in March. Let me look it up while we do this. But yeah. I definitely agree about the whole Bob's Burgers mom thing. I, I can't stand Chris Pratt's voice in this. He's awful. Yeah, I think, I hope they do some changes now that they know how people reacted to it. Maybe they go back in and change a couple of things because it does sound like he's kind of almost forcing a little bit of an Italian accent, which is fine, but maybe just do your own voice. I don't think the Italian forcing is really that necessary. I don't know, that's just me. But the other thing that I found was cool that I didn't hear the voice yet, but on the trailer, I guess, it does have the actual voice from the video games that did mario for like since it's been happening i guess mm-hmm. he's actually doing a voice in the movie i'm not sure what he's doing if he's gonna do like a classic mario type thing in the movie i don't know but either way that's honestly the most exciting thing for me too that i saw in that trailer 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I just looked it up, by the way. April 7th. Okay, with that being said, I think it's a possibility. With Mario being as big as it is, I think there's a good possibility it might hit that mark. It's going to be interesting to see because I don't know what's really coming out against it either, but with Mario being as powerful as it is, it has a chance. Mm-hmm. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. Like uh, it, was, it was so Linda Belcher, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. I think Charlie Day's fine. I love Jack Black, and honestly, I was surprised by this. Love Keegan-Michael Key. His voice was fun. I didn't even recognize it was him at first, but once I looked at the cast and everything and listened to it again, yeah, it was especially Jack Black, and I'm kind of excited to see what uh, Donkey Kong is going to sound like, too. Oh, yeah, no Donkey Kong, no Peach, and those are both characters that are casted in the movie, but Yoshi is not, and do you believe Yoshi will show up in this movie? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if Yoshi will speak at all. That'll be the interesting thing. But I do think probably show up for sure. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah. That was my best. That was my best. I'm pretty good. Uh, other than that, though, I'm I'm looking at the movie here now. I, I just I hate Illumination Entertainment. I I think they're the the worst. It, can you think of a worse animation studio? No, other than whoever does those rock dog movies and stuff like that. Maybe there might be the the bottom tier but illumination just from their pure annoyance in pop culture in my opinion kind of put them in lower they kind of just put out the same movie quite often too like the animation for what it is looks cool but their mm-hmm. stories really aren't that huge or anything brand new mm-hmm. so what would you say um is your favorite video game movie ever and does this movie have a chance because because mario is a very important character to me i i played all the games growing up ds game boy Wii, switch all that stuff so i'm have a lot of emotional stake in this how do you feel in that regard same with you gamecube is still one of my favorite video game systems of all time still play mario stuff too i do have my own switch and mario has definitely been a staple throughout my entire life so i definitely feel the same way big attachment to it honestly there aren't that many video game movies out there to really hold in high regard because honestly sonic is pretty high up there i haven't watched sonic 2 yet unfortunately but the Wait, first really one, yeah wow because that's a big one i, I know saw that. i i want to and it's still on my paramount plus and i want to get around to but haven't unfortunately but the first one is still really high up there for me. I'm trying to think of other stuff right offhand, but it's definitely has a huge chance of taking that number one spot. Because like I said, even though that first movie, the live action Mario is still really, really bad and really almost has nothing to do with the characters in the video games. I still think it's fun for what it is and how it kind of plays with certain things in the video games. But yeah, it definitely has a shot of taking that number one spot for me. Mm-hmm. I yeah my favorite video game movie is also the first Sonic movie I think the second one is better in a lot of ways but also the second one perpetuates problems I had in the first one so I'm more mad about the second one having those problems because I'm like you should have known we told you you know and, and we know that you hear us because you changed the way that Sonic looked so yeah um but no, you definitely check it out because uh, it was a, definitely a crowd pleaser, especially if you played the games, which I never played any Sonic games growing up. So I played them a bit. I had it actually on my mom's computer back in the day. So mm-hmm. that was really fun. And I, yeah, I want to see Jim Carrey's performance too because I absolutely love that guy for sure. Oh yeah, that's the, he's the best part of the first one. Um, but yeah, other than that though, um, I think my bold prediction is it flirts with a hundred million but i don't think the word of mouth is good enough to make it stay there you know or to make it cross that threshold i think it will gross a billion dollars worldwide though yeah i i would definitely agree with that that sounds that sounds like it's definitely definitely the accurate choice because it's gonna have worldwide appeal obviously who doesn't know and play mario you know for sure especially in like japan and stuff like that it'll blow up because they even have like their own little like theme parks and stuff over there for Mario already. So 
and I they are building stuff here too. Are they building it in Universal? Is that where they're building Mario stuff right now? Yeah, um, it's funny. My mom was talking about it today. Universal will have Epic Universe open before Magic Kingdom has the new Tron ride open, which they've been working. That was supposed to come out in 2019. Uh, but yeah, no, I can't wait for that. I've seen the videos from, uh, I think it's Japan or China, somewhere in Asia. They have Japan it. where they actually, they have like Mario Kart too over there where you can like play and they like have you go out in a little bit of like a street area too with them. So they do a lot of really cool stuff over there and Mario is definitely a huge part of the culture. So I can see this movie doing huge numbers across the world for sure. Mm, so obviously one of the most anticipated movies of next year, is it going to be in your top five? How about that? Top five most anticipated next year. Honestly, it, I think it might be. Just from especially this trailer and all the people that are in it, like Seth Rogen, Jack Black, all those names definitely have my ticket already bought. So it definitely has a shot of being at that top, definitely for anticipation. Awesome. Cool. I, that's pretty much all I have to say about this. I hate the way that Mario's face looks. I, I guess that's just because I hate chris pratt so much but apparently this. apparently his ass is different too which i didn't catch at first but i kept seeing the memes all over the place yeah he's no ass no oh. ass taking mario's ass away from us and his voice can't believe it, you guys yeah so how how can we a show about ass exactly and uphold this this we are, monstrosity we are praising our own failures mm-hmm uh, but yeah, other than that, though, in the news world, um, one thing I just want to get out of the way real quick, Ezra Miller is coming back to finish the Flash movie. I think they're doing a reshoots. They are. They are. They're getting some pickup stuff. Apparently, like whoever they're testing this movie with loves it. They're not having any problems. They don't care what Ezra Miller has been doing. He's been absolved by Warner Brothers. He had a meeting with them i guess and apologized and said that he's been going other under very uh excruciating mental health issues and is back on track and is ready to finish this product and ready to finish this project and whatnot so i'm hopeful i i think this movie is gonna be good but i don't think we're gonna see anything else of the flash after this stuff for sure that's my take on this Mm-hmm. Because they put so much money into this and they have Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton reprising Batman and a bunch of other names already filmed, there was no way Warner Brothers was going to dump this movie because they've already spent millions upon millions in it. So I think they're probably making the right call. It's going to sell based on controversy alone, similar to how I think Don't Worry Darling kind of got their tickets sold. So it's going to be interesting for sure. But what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I I think that's accurate. I'm very excited for it because what the what the hell, right? But um, that actually brings up a good question. Uh, so Shazam, Superman shows up in Shazam, right? Like as a bit, but like we don't see his face, right? Mm-hmm. And Black Adam recently, uh, like is gonna come out. Excuse me. And The Rock came out and said that Black Adam will fight Superman. In a movie, like at some point that is going to happen, which sounds like a really desperate thing to be like, hey, you got to go see this movie so we can make the other one where he fights Superman. Uh, But do you think, are they making another Wonder Woman movie? I'd like them to. I'm one of the few people, I think, that enjoyed 1984 or whatever it's called. Me too. So I even honestly more than the first one, I don't know if that's blasphemous to say, but. I think the second one's a lot more fun and the first one kind of drags a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah. And honestly, I'm, I like the rock so much. I don't know much about black Adam, but none of the trailers have really sold me. on really wanting to see black Adam that much. I didn't know it was coming out like next week until I looked at tickets the other day. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of shows you that like, I'm excited. I'm I'm definitely far more excited for The Flash than I am for almost anything DC has on the slate right now. So that's just me. But I mean, I'll see it. Pierce Brosnan punches my ticket in, but I don't have very high hopes for it at all. Um, but my point that I'm trying to get across is, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is it. I think they're done with him. Even if the movie's good and people mm-hmm. like it, I think that they're they've already established we don't want to continue with Zack Snyder's universe Batman's going in its own direction and it sounds like they're going to let Matt Reeves do whatever he wants to do 
So I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Reeves' Batman kind of stays as its own thing and the Flash kind of resets everything. And I don't know. I just hope they get their ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited because I don't Andy Muschietti is the director of Flash. I'm correct with that. Yeah, from it. Oh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Um, I think I'm thinking of the guy from Shazam. Actually, I'll look it up. You go ahead. No, I think you are correct. He is the guy from it. Um, and Mama and all that. But I'm excited to see what he does because honestly, mostly anything I've seen him do is horror. So to see him take over in this big of a movie and kind of way out of that horror genre, I would assume with the Flashpoint being what it is. So it's interesting to see this guy take this movie and like you were saying, it's gonna, I feel like it's definitely gonna be a reset. That are probably, I would assume Matt Reeves is probably just gonna stay in his own little sandbox and kind of just play with his own toys for now. And yeah, I definitely see them reshuffling. And I hope Gal Gadot kind of stays as Wonder Woman because I do like her. But if they juggle around some other people in the cast as well as the Flash, I'm very interested to see how that pans out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, by the way, David F. Sandberg is the one who did Shazam. That's the guy who did Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. Yeah. which I'm actually going to see lights out uh, this month. I haven't seen it before, uh, but yeah, no, I, um, I think that what's actually, this is a really good transition to our next thing, because I think the way for DC to go forward is counter programming. Cause Marvel's all about this cohesion. We're all in this big universe together and look, the, this character shows up in this show and whatnot. And it's this machine, you know, this movie has to come out, you know, and that's why I'm so happy that blade is getting delayed so that they can focus on it and make it better because if like for example the batman has more value than doctor strange and thor love and thunder combined you know so i i think if they do you know take it one step at a time focus on one thing at a time i think because they have the joker thing going on they have the batman thing going on and they have the remnants of the dceu so if they just try to like limit themselves focus on one thing i think that'll be good for them yeah exactly and i mean the thing they fumbled the hardest that seems like it would be the easiest is superman they they need to figure out superman because once they figure that out that's like the money maker thing they already have batman batman's good matt reeves is handling that shit and it's making so much money for them mm. But once they figure out, and I think that's where they need to put their eyes if they're going towards anything. Mm-hmm. I think Henry Cavill is great. I know you you like Man of Steel too, right? It's mixed. Okay. I enjoy Man of Steel. Some parts for sure aren't great, but overall I enjoy it. I give it I four like, stars. I'm lying. That's what I thought. I enjoy Henry Cavill as Bat- or as Superman. If he continued in that role... I don't think he'll ever will just because of everything that's been going on. And Batman v Superman, I think took a lot out of everybody that was involved in that. Mm-hmm. But once they figure out who they want to take that lead, and I don't really have any idea who would really take over Superman at this moment, but once they figure that out, I think DC is going to be in a lot better shape. Mm-hmm. And did you have anything to say about them uh, pushing back blade to work on oh. a little bit more with the director leaving the project? With Blade, I am very excited that they are delaying it, like you were saying. I think they should work on it and make it great because Mahershala Ali is a perfect casting for Blade. That's what makes me so excited for it. I saw some rumors that maybe Sam Raimi would step into the director's chair for that one, which that excites me very much just because he's a horror boy and he would play with that so much. Mm -hmm. But if someone else jumps in there too, I'm excited either way. I want someone that can just have fun with blade because blade is something that can be very very good in someone's hands that wants to actually make a vampire movie that's the main thing if you try to do too much superhero and whatnot and try to do too much mcu stuff with blade i think you would ruin it especially when you start off with it you gotta make something really dark and kind of creepy i don't know what they really did i haven't seen the thing they did on uh, Disney Plus or whatever with Marvel and like the man thing and stuff like that. I don't know how dark oh, that Werewolf really got. Oh, Werewolf by Night? Yeah. Yeah, it was like an ode to like old horror movie monsters and stuff. I'll probably touch on that a little bit at the end, yeah. 
So if they can play with stuff like that and they get somebody that can go genre-wise to that kind of thing with Blade, I'm very excited about it. Me, me too. I think it's quality over quantity, and this is a step in that direction, and I really appreciate them doing that instead of being like, we have a deadline, and this movie needs to come out by this time so that we can make this amount of money so that the next one can come out and make this amount of money. And uh, so I think there's a bright future there, especially uh, with them taking their time. Uh, but yes, so speaking of Blade, starts with a B. We have two Bs to talk about today. Do we want to talk about bros or do we want to talk about blondes? My two favorite things. Let's go for blondes first, because I have a lot more to say about that one, I think. Oh, it's gosh. fresh on the brain, too. See, it's funny because I'm I'm the opposite. I have a lot more to say about bros. But um, uh, full disclosure, these are both five-star movies from me. So I love both of them, but in very different ways. So uh, why don't you talk about how you feel about Blonde first? All right. Well, Keith tells you that Blonde is a five-star movie. I'm here to tell you I rated it two stars. Did not really care for Blonde. And I'm honestly very curious of how this conversation is going to go due to your comment on my review for Letter <laughs> on Letterboxd. Because in my opinion, I think that this movie... And there are a lot of other opinions out there, but this is my own. And share your thoughts in the comments down below. We'd love to chat with you. Because in my opinion, I think this person, I said it in my review, but honestly, I might take it back a little bit. This person definitely knows who Marilyn Monroe is. I don't think so. <laughs> I think they at least knew who her name was, what her name was. They, they read they the, book. the picture. They knew about the dress thing. <laughs> They read the book that this was based off of, which I'll get more into that too. Mm -hmm. But gosh, is it not what I thought it was going to be? It's This movie is advertised as a love letter to Marilyn Monroe. Oh, it's a biography. All of this stuff happened. This is her real story. And holy shit, it is not. <laughs> I don't know much about Marilyn Monroe, but I started <laughs> to read a little bit. And this movie is just a fabrication of her life in the worst ways. It's making her a horrible, she had a terrible life right from childhood, getting abused immediately by her mother. And whole, like, this movie, I don't know how you can rate it five stars. There's nothing <laughs> enjoyable to watch in this movie. Between the horrible abuse, the borderline pornography that, <laughs> that this filmed in it, the um, horrible cinematography at times. Like okay. when Joe when Joe DiMaggio, like I loved the black and white and whatnot, and the sets look great. But when Joe DiMaggio gets pissed off about the nude pictures and like runs inside the house and they do the like it's almost like the camera's attached to him and it's like shaking with him running in there, that took me out so bad because I just started dying laughing. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing that really got me with the cinematography, but it just it is an art piece through and through. It tries so many different things. The the ah. pro-life just nonsense stuff that holy shit i did not expect for a three hour long movie on netflix <laughs> if you would have made me watch this in a theater i this is one movie that like i've never walked out of a theater almost did with movie 43 this mm -hmm. one might have done it for me just from how graphic but then just how boring it got that's my rant go ahead <laughs> So I agree with everything that you said, except for the cinematography. This movie looks gorgeous. Um, it is the most pretentious, like, artsy-fartsy, up-its-own-ass. I mean, I knew right from the jump when Andrew Dominic came out and was like, this is going to be one of the 10 greatest movies of all time. I was like, boom. Like, you could have given it five stars to me right from there. Like, I was like, yes, please. Like, the like Mamba mentality of, like, I am the best, and this is the best movie um so her performance is fantastic right? i will give you that yes i her voice definitely and it's not her fault she's cuban by from where she's from and everything and the cuban accent definitely pops in sometimes at least what i was hearing mm -hmm. so it did a couple times but the makeup they did on her phenomenal she looks very very much like marilyn monroe mm -hmm. so all of that yeah anna was fantastic i will give you that a million percent I don't think she was thick enough. My mom talked to me about this too. She brought it up to me. She was like, she's too skinny. She's way too skinny. Uh, but I, it's fine. Uh, that's not something that really bothers me. This movie is utterly depressing. 
through and through three straight hours of depressing like crap and it just keeps hitting her like life just keeps punching at her and you're right oh it's nc-17 there's so much nudity so much sex throughout it's it's insane and um yeah i my main point that i'm gonna get to here is it's a disaster piece through and through the fact that someone took a movie was like this is a fictionalized version of the events about this woman but plays it off like it's real. I mean, you see all the stuff from history that you know about and the characters show up. They don't have the names because I know you just said Joe DiMaggio, but if you look in the thing, like the cast list, it says that his character, I'm pretty sure it just says ball player or something like that. I was about to say, if you were about to say daddy, I was about to freak out. (laughs) Oh, ex-athlete. Oh, she says daddy as much as Leonardo DiCaprio says old sport in the Great Gatsby movie. Like it's obnoxious. And I just, uh, yeah, oh, and her talking, see, I was a little bit late. So I had people tell me about the fetus stuff and I couldn't believe it. And what an amazingly terrible choice. And I enjoyed every single time that it happened because I was like, that's a drinking game right there. Drink every time that she talks to, or the fetus talks to her sometimes. I (laughs) blames her for it. Is so crazy. I was not expecting a pro-life agenda in the middle of a fucking Marilyn Monroe biopic. It was just insane. Very pro-life. Extreme. Like, me and my mom completely disagreed because she was like, see, I thought it was anti-abortion. I'm like, no. It, our pro-abortion, I was like, no, it's very anti-abortion. Uh, this, I would love to hear how, like, the descendants of Marilyn Monroe feel about this movie because it's such a... Um, I don't want to say a bastardization, but I, I just love how pretentious and stupid and big and dumb. And it's a great performance at the end of the day. Like this might be my best female lead of the year. I think it looks beautiful. It's, it's not about the plot. It's about the vibes. Fair enough. If this movie, like going into this movie, I was expecting this movie to like across the board probably get like Oscar nominations. I was like, it's a, it's a movie about Marilyn Monroe. People love old Hollywood. I was like, it's going to be great. Anna, sure. Give her a nomination for sure. The cinematography, I'm sure that'll, that right now, I think it's a lock that it'll get a nomination. Will it win? Uh, who's to say at this point? But will mm-hmm. it sneak in there for sure? I think it'll definitely have a presence at the Oscars. Uh, by the way, I looked it up. It's ex-athlete. Uh, we also have someone playing the president. <laughs> and then last, well, there's Bugs Bunny is in here as well. Several different people play Tony Curtis. And then uh, Adrian Brody is the playwright. Such a weird fucking movie, man. I know. I, I, I have a poster of Marilyn Monroe. I actually should have put that behind me for this. I'm looking at it right now. It's right over there. Um, it's such an obnoxious, like, jerk of a movie. And I just love that. It, I've, it's so interesting to me. And everyone's takes are so completely right on. Like, I've seen all these threads. And they're so interesting because it makes me want to learn about the real history of Marilyn Monroe. But they're like, threads like, oh, here's all the things that this movie got wrong. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, if, if you don't like this movie, if you think it's a two-star, you're right. I, I talk to people about this movie and I'm like, oh yeah, it was so good. Absolutely miserable. Yeah, like that's I can never ever see myself watching this again unless it's like Me neither. Were, if if we're doing a drinking game, sure. <laughs> if we're making fun of it and you're like just talking about how horrible it is and almost like piling on to someone who definitely didn't have like a perfect life for sure and this almost feels like it's exploiting the things that are real in there but also just piling on a bunch of fake shit just to make it feel extra extra mean so yeah you know like i said that he almost felt like a fan of hers but i almost i I recant that statement i don't think (laughs) he really liked her that much and i'm interested to see if if anna is really a fan of hers as well actually because like she portrays her likeness well but to do all of these things knowingly like if she knew that they were fake then why that's my biggest question i guess just out of curiosity so currently at the moment because we just have about two minutes left on this movie before we go to break um 
it's currently I do my power rankings every year and throughout the year. And every time I see a movie I like, I, I update it. And it's currently at my number nine spot on the year, right in front of Men, which is another movie that people didn't like, and right behind Turning Red. Uh, do you want to call my bluff right now and tell me that this is not going to be on my top 10 list at the end of the year? Because, hey, we still got three more months left of good movies and award season movies. And you already saw Lyle Lyle Crocodile? I did. I did. And this could change, by the way. It's power rankings. It changes throughout the year, but currently it's at the nine. It's belonging to stick in there. Yeah. No. There's <laughs> no There's no way it's in there. The fact that it's in there now is insane to me. I don't think you know how much spite rules my life. <laughs> oh, I definitely have a feeling. I have an inkling. I watch your rankings. <laughs> The way you uh, just decimated my Final Destination movies that I adore so much, even though I rate them most three stars, but oh, rating them we'll all one stars hurts me. But yeah, <laughs> every single one, one star, one star, one star, two star, one star, one star. One star. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have to say about Blonde. Great performance. Uh, the direct. I think. Okay, I believe Andrew Dominic made the exact movie that he wanted to make. Do you think that? I do. I think this was definitely all his intention. Whether it was the nicest thing to do, that's to be said. Does he have artistic abilities? And am I curious to see his other movies now? For sure. I'd like to see what he does because he filmed stuff very interestingly. Playing mm-hmm. with the aspect ratios and stuff I thought was kind of cool. So he definitely has an artistic mind, but maybe don't be so mean next time. <laughs> Yeah, a large element of so bad that it's good for me, but it's getting to that point where a lot of times in my life, so bad that it's good, I, I fool myself and I'm like, no, Cats is really great, I swear. But uh, I, I do, yeah, I love uh, the performance. I love the balls of the director. Like you can't say he doesn't have balls. And um, yeah, this is one of the most interesting movies to come out, like interesting biopics come out in a long time, like since Elvis. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Since we just got done talking about Blonde, let's jump into Bros. Now, I've been a fan of Billy Eichner for a very long time. I like Billy on the Street started as a little YouTube thing, and then I think it came on like Fuse or something on TV, True TV at one point. He got it on TV. It was a silly internet show where he would interview people in the streets of New York, just ask them random questions about pop culture and just being his exuberant self and he's always talked about wanting to be in Hollywood and making movies and he finally got to do that with bros this is his movie that he wrote and I want to say he said it was loosely based off of his life which I think is awesome and it is one of the first mainstream gay rom-coms that I think is absolutely hilarious I went and saw it with my mom last Friday and we were both cackling in that theater just at all the different jokes they were making. And it was very, just a very heartfelt love story too, just about inclusion and self-love and loving other people. And honestly, I rated it like a four and a half. It might even be a five out of five. Like you said, you already rated it a five out of five. I want to see it again, just of how much I want to see if I missed any jokes and stuff, but it's one of the most heartfelt movies of the year. And honestly, one of the best comedies I've seen in theaters and, a while for sure mm-hmm. uh, i was very high on this but i think your rating is much more accurate to the quality of the movie because i did give it a five because i was kind of in love i think this is one of the five funniest movies of the year to me um laughing through out loud throughout the entire movie i think billy eichner is really good at playing billy eichner which is all he needed to do mm-hmm. um I really like Nicholas Stoller as a director, and uh, I think he did a very good job here. It's one of his better movies. It's your typical Judd Apatow, you know, um, mock autobiography, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. just like the Pete Davidson one or the Amy Schumer one, it's it's just another one of those things. But I feel like this brings a fresh perspective because, yes, it, it it's very actively about the LGBTQ community. And I think it's all the better for it. And I really wish, uh, because obviously it's not done well at the box office. And my big thing with it is just focus the, on the quality of the movie. Like, yes, say that the Rotten Tomatoes score is good. 
don't come out on opening weekend and be like, ah, oh, you're you're all homophobes because you didn't like go watch my movie. What do you think the box office was for Marry Me this February on Valentine's Day? I have no idea. Bad. <laughs> it was bad because people don't see these anymore. You know, well, they just want to see big blockbuster superhero movies. Like comedies just aren't. They're underappreciated in the theater, and it's very sad because mm-hmm. there are some that are just for lack of a better word, underseen until they hit home video. That's where comedies fucking make their bread mm-hmm. all the time. That's where comedies go to live. Like I was actually just listening to a podcast with Cal Penn, who is Kumar from Harold and Kumar. Oh, I, and he even I talked know. About, well, he even talked about it. He was like, this movie didn't do shit in the theaters. But then once it hit DVD and all the stoners came out and found it, the movie became a pop culture like hit overnight. And it's still like considered one of the best stoner comedies of all time. So comedies like this, unfortunately, don't get seen in the box office, even though if you're going to see one, Bros is the one to see. Personally, like you were saying with the director, I love Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. And he also directed that. So I already had a little bit of that expectation going in, but it it's still just so much fun. And while it, yes, it is a gay love story, it's first and foremost a rom-com it hits all of those rom-com beats while not being stale like a lot of rom-coms are there's a lot of just funny moments that you don't expect and because a lot of people that may not be gay that are going to see this movie are going to see some things that they're not expecting and they're going to hear some jokes that they're not used to hearing and if you don't hang out with gay people a lot, you don't hear these certain things that they say to each other and how they act towards one another, whether it's like the trans, bisexual, all the different people going back and forth in the gay history museum. That shit was hilarious. There are so many moments in this movie that just have you cackling, but then also just have you like wanting to just hug the person next to you because it's just so cute and so loving. So it's a heartfelt movie of the year for sure. And Honestly, I could see it creeping into right around my top 10 area. I don't know if it'll crack the top 10, but right now it's definitely up in that area of one of my favorites of the year. Really? How many five-star movies do you have on the year? I'd have to look real quick, but there aren't a whole ton. Um, One thing think... that I really... Go ahead. While you're looking at that up, uh, one thing I really appreciate about this movie is how relatable that it was, I identify very much so with Billy. I obviously, I'm straight. So, um, you know, obviously I didn't relate in that regard, but like personality wise and who I am in my relationship with my significant other, I definitely related a lot to Billy's personality because I'm very, you know, stubborn, hard opinions, obnoxious, you know, animated, passionate. And um, I really saw myself a lot in Billy. And it's funny, I remember when I was in high school, the movie Love, Simon was coming out. Did you ever see that? I did. It took me a while to actually see it. I didn't see it till last year, I want to say. And I Mm -hmm. want to say it's probably because of what you're about to say as well. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because, you know, oh, the first big, you know, studio gay rom-com, like, pat us on the back, everybody. Uh, Like, I don't know, as someone who watches, like, a lot of, you know, movies, and you should know this as well, like, we've had a lot of great lgbtq content in the last decade specifically even the last five years so for them to be like here you go we did it you know is just kind of funny uh but love simon so that i mean i guess it's not rom-com it's a coming of age you know comedy whatever it's but it definitely plays that line of rom-com as well i would say no i i agree um you know i'm just calling them out on their bullshit but whatever like sure first gay rom-com go get butts and seats but i remember back then i was like yeah i'm excited about this movie and they're like my my friends some of my more douchier guy friends were like <laughs> you want to see that movie and i'm like yeah like and it's like i don't have to be gay to relate to gay people you know what i mean i was also in high school once and had crushes on people and you know like had struggle internal struggles with that and those crushes coming to light and you know being blackmailed by people and being insecure about who i am and about what i like and uh, you know it's just very dismissive of people to um you know like disregard this because they're like oh well it doesn't apply to 
you know, because I'm not gay. You know, like they say at the beginning of the movie, you know, oh, we want you to write the type of movie that guys would take their girlfriends to go see. And this is. Absolutely. I mean, this is through and through. Like, you don't have to be gay to enjoy this movie. Like I said, I took my mom to go see it. Certainly not a gay woman. She has three children. She <laughs> that you we leaving, know <laughs> exactly yeah. When we left the theater, she was telling me how much she loved this movie and how much she related to some of the love story moments in it. And there's still very much relatable moments that people go through dating, especially if you're still dating in modern technology and whether it's a grinder app or a Tinder app. All these different things are very much relatable to any sexuality. And it's just straight up. If you want to go see a comedy, Love, Simon being that too. Love, Simon, unfortunately at that time too, I actually had a screening ticket to go see it. Wasn't able to make it for weather reasons, but in all of the press that came out about it, about it being a gay movie, blah, 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 and people were just bashing it. And I was even hearing stuff about bros like that a little bit too. Of people literally like in the theaters just being like, oh, I don't want to go see that movie, blah, blah, blah. There's still that kind of rhetoric, unfortunately, that people have in their minds. But if you just open up and realize that other people, whether they're gay, straight, trans, bisexual, whatever, they're people. And they have relatable stories and they're very similar people. So say gay, Florida, do it. It's a good thing. Uh, did you do? Did you hear about the Regal mystery movie that they did a couple weeks ago? I heard about it. I don't know what it was though. Yeah, so it's a brand new movie that was coming out, and uh, they put it out in theaters. It's a mystery movie, and you pay five bucks, and you can see a brand new movie early, right? And I really thought it was going to be Bros because I was like, that makes sense because I bet people, a lot of people won't go see Bros because they you know are homophobic Mm -hmm. and i think if you get people to see that movie and not maybe not the homophobic people they'll probably still hate it right but someone who wouldn't normally go out and like seek out a gay rom-com they oh i guess it's a gay rom-com and then they sat through it and it's a really good movie like it's really fun funny there's a lot of real genuine emotion like i didn't cry but i had goosebumps there towards the end when he's doing the big romantic gesture i'm sure that's not a spoiler to say that the rom-com ends with a big romantic gesture but um yeah like i i thought that that would be a good way to introduce some people who wouldn't have normally seen a movie like this it turned out to be the greatest beer run ever you know the zac efron apple tv one yeah i haven't watched it yet but i'm aware of it but yeah i i don't know i i think that this movie wasn't going to do great at the box office anyways and i think the biggest decider will be this upcoming two weeks from now when Ticket to Paradise comes out. Because if that is a huge success, you could sit here and be like, well, obviously George Clooney and Julia Roberts are much more box office, you know, hits than Billy Eichner. They have more cachet, but um, it'll be kind of fishy. You know what I mean? The only thing that that has for it really is it brings out the olds and the olds do spend their money a little bit more than the youngs sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the only thing, especially when it comes to these, because well, wasn't there, a, was it books? There was a book club movie or something a few years ago oh, that like got really club. big. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like something like this movie coming out, I feel like could be a big hit like that, unfortunately. But yeah, I wish the box office was better for bros, but I think it's going to have a good life on VOD and maybe even Peacock. on cable peacock for sure just like people that this might randomly might turn it on if it gets to cable i feel like a lot of those older audiences that might not give it a chance might accidentally flip it on one day and find just a really lovely movie hopefully so there's always that hope well a lot of my job is asking people if they would show them a trailer and be like hey would you go to the theater to go see this and a lot of times people are like oh though i reserve the theater for my big blockbuster type stuff where i need to be the big screen experience and the smaller movies i'm more okay watching on streaming so I do think that this will have a better life on streaming. But yeah, I, I thought it was really, really, really funny. Uh, definitely one of the top five funniest movies of the year. I'm a fan of rom-coms. I think it's Judd Apatow's best in a while. And uh, I gave it a five out of five. I'm probably too high on it, but um, I, I loved it. I really loved the experience of seeing this movie. Absolutely agree.
Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Or you, you did you say your rating? Yeah. So I did rate it. I think I rated it a four. Just make sure again. Oh yeah, you were checking to see how many five star movies. Yeah, this year. And I was looking through it, and honestly, it's still under ten. But I want to say it's over five. That was so funny when you called me out a few weeks ago, and you're like, "I thought I was the one that likes everything," and I was like, "Damn it!" I started started handing out a couple more fives right after that, but I pulled back. Oh, no, I, yeah, have, I, I think, have a few, like 13 this year, I think. Yeah, I gave Bros a four. Oh, Mr. Harrigan's phone. I just want to touch on it for a second. I don't know if you really know about it. It's a Netflix original that just Sell came out. Tell me on it. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> so it has Jaden Martell, who was one of the kids from the It movie. He played Bill in It. Uh-huh. And Donald Sutherland. Both have really fantastic performances in this movie. But boy, is it just a very twisted like fumble of a movie it kind of just it becomes almost like a coming of age type story for Jaden for a second but then it gets like supernatural because the whole thing the whole plot of it I'll just read a little blip right here the old man hires Jaden Martell's character as like a very like 10 year old boy maybe very young to come and help read to him because his sight's like getting bad or something like that and he just wants someone to read to him he sees him read like a thing at church and hires him and one day they like start bonding and everything. And he like gives them an iPhone one day because it's like, it's set in 2003. So it's brand new technology at that point. Mm-hmm. And then one time he shows up at the old man's house and he's dead. But he still has the phone in his pocket or his phone in his hand, like actually trying to call the kid at the same time that the kid comes and finds him. And then he starts getting random texts from that old man's phone number and shit and weird supernatural stuff starts happening. But it sounds cooler than it is. It's based off a of Stephen King short story. And the bad part about it is it's a short story that they tried to extend out to two hours. And that's where it's major downfall. Two hours? Is. Yeah. it's. I want to say if it's not two hours, it's pushing the limit. 105 minutes. So not quite two hours, but close enough to where it's too long. If it was closer to 90 minutes, we'd have a better movie on our hands. But I feel like they tried to make two movies into one thing. And it just feels very unbalanced i gave it two stars i think and yeah you know it sounds very reminiscent of the black phone it's very reminiscent of the black phone it does not go anywhere near as horror or violent as the black phone but it does have very very similar vibes it's almost like john lee hancock directed it he did it's very much just kind of a even though it's set in 2003 it almost feels like a 90s almost like thriller i'll probably check it out yeah Coming see it's funny type. i was like sell me on it you're like no <laughs> I, I figured it would <laughs> i think i sold it a little bit better than the movie is itself but i'm curious my mom actually like is the one who told me about it and she really enjoyed it so curious to hear your thoughts when you do get around to it but that's one of my very recent watches god whenever i see bill the first thing i think of is i recently watched the book of henry for the first time which if you haven't it's a trip have not but i've heard i've heard it's pretty crazy oh actually speaking of the book of henry uh i don't know if you've noticed ah repping the jurassic world shirt because i i didn't log this because i didn't finish it but i watched half of the extended edition of jurassic world dominion and uh, i you know the opening scene where it's just you know the thing getting the blood from the dinosaurs just showing dinosaurs back in the day and then the movie sure. theater thing scene that's all on youtube so we've seen that before and there's some scenes here and there where i'm like oh yeah that's new where they like um the one dinosaur that uh, chris pratt wrangles gets taken by these poacher type guys and that was a cool scene i guess but yeah i just had a hard time getting through it because it's just a, a, a longer version of a bad movie it's not different you know like the director it's not a director's cut it's an ex- it really is an extended edition where Whereas like Fantastic Four, the extended edition, I think like adds a lot of much needed stuff. I think this just makes a more overbloated movie. Yeah, it's extending a movie that's already far too long. Mm-hmm. Like they have, honestly, my major complaint, with it, I don't know if I said it on here before, but the legacy cast, you cut them out of this movie. It's a much better movie. It's a much thinner and it's much more cohesive and to the point. 
you don't really need like they're fun to see i get that and did they probably sell a majority of the tickets probably because i don't think people liked fallen kingdom especially not as much as i did i like but fallen kingdom. You, you like it more now but when we saw it in theaters you yeah. certainly did not <laughs> i was the only <laughs> one that did <laughs> but yeah i don't think i'll ever if i watch the extended edition i would be pretty surprised and have to be pretty bored i think to do that but mm. i'd like to at least maybe i'll just look up the scenes from it on youtube maybe and just see it that way but if you cut out the original cast then you have to cut out the locusts and if you cut out the locusts then what are we even doing you know what i mean yeah i get that uh but yeah that's all i had about that one uh yeah we'll kind of kind of back and forth here what what's a movie you watched um that you want to bring up well actually i want to chat with you since you've been getting into we actually watched a few of them way back in the day too but you've recently jumped back into the nightmare on elm street mm-hmm. series did we ever watch the third one together I think we did. I'd be shocked if we did. I know we at least watched the first two. I remember yes, that definitely. I know that for sure. I Maybe think I fell asleep during the third one because I, I, I this is my first viewing of the third one. If I recall correctly, I don't think we finished the third one for some odd reason. Whether we just started doing something else, but yeah, we mm-hmm. definitely started it, and then I don't think we got like halfway into it and then shut it off. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, so obviously I've seen the first movie like maybe close to half a dozen times and then I've seen the second movie multiple times now, which I gave that one a two star. And the first one, it has flaws, but I'm giving it a five star movie. I, I love the first Nightmare on Elm Street that just the bathtub, you know, shot is instantly iconic and, and absolutely terrifying. Uh, but I found myself, I don't know if you saw my tweet about the franchise, I find myself loving every single maybe not loving every single movie but i love this franchise it's so consistently good like three i'm i'm honestly convinced to go up to a four star instead of a three star because the next few like four five and i'm halfway through six right now these are all enjoyable three star movies you know yes. and and so consistently good and especially after the final destination franchise where every single movie was exactly the same and equally as shit as the last one you know, it's just so refreshing, not only to see a movie that a franchise is so much more consistently good, but like the plots are different and it's that's insane. And especially since Final Destination, you have a villain. You don't have any villain. You have the concept of death that we're dealing with. Right. And uh, it's haunting them. Um, but even if you compare Freddy Krueger to Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers, the original 1978 Halloween is in my Mount Rushmore favorite horror movies of all time. But the performance of Robert England as Freddy Krueger, head and shoulder, I bet you can't name an actor who played Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees ever. I don't think you should ask me that question because I know I know all of those. Actually, like a lot of them. I know. Uh, yeah. Well, your common, your common <laughs> horror fan doesn't because it's yeah. not about the performance. You know, they wear a mask. You know, they're very no. stoic and... That is the best thing about the Nightmare series, which, by the way, I did take a screenshot of your tweet just so I could have it and make sure I could bring it up later. But yes, the best thing about the Nightmare on Elm Street series is Freddy Krueger and Robert England, other than that remake that we will refuse to talk about. I do not want to talk about it here at all, ever. But he's in all of those movies. He's consistently Freddy Krueger, whether he does get a little bit goofier in the later sequels rather than more... darker and more brooding in the first movie i personally like you are saying i enjoy all of those movies are they perfect no but are the kills extremely creative and do the stories still have a lot of fun even how ridiculous they get absolutely Mm -hmm. i watch these movies religiously practically annually at this point i rewatch the whole series even the stuff i don't like Freddy's Dead being my least favorite of the series by a large margin. That's a six. I'm on that one. No. Yeah, that that one. That's Brecken Meyer stoned and watching TV. It is. It is so goofy and just plays with the lore so much with Freddy that so much just, lore. I personally, it just kind of ruins a lot of things for me. But Wes Craven's New Nightmare kind of plays around with it again, so I look I'm forward excited, to seeing yeah. all of those. But yeah this whole series is a blast can't wait to hear what you think about the rest of the movies but i even have never sleep again which is a i want to say even like a three or four hour documentary that's literally goes into each 
movie and like talks about the behind the scenes and interviews the cast and everything and I've been watching that along with watching the movies again and both things together are just a so much just a fun time in general and I actually have one for Crystal Lake Memories as well which is a Friday the 13th one where you can watch all of those and they go into each movie I think it's the same people that made both documentaries both really cool stuff and yeah those series are just a blast to watch especially for spooky season yeah no i if you had to ask me right now uh one three four five i'm halfway through six uh two uh the five the fifth one uh is just like blonde and it's weirdly about abortions for some reason um like that one gets really dramatic for no reason but i'm great like i'm loving it you know i think it definitely came out around a time where I want to say like abortions and whatnot were definitely a hot topic similar to today. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why a lot of that has all that meaning, but yeah, my ranking, honestly, three and one kind of bounce back a lot back and forth wow. just because I love all of the characters in three so much and how they brought back Nancy and a lot of the kills I think are just so much fun. Like the ones in the first movie are iconic, but the ones in three are like just so larger scale and out there because the first movie is a low budget horror movie they had like no money to play with really so that's where the scales go back and forth but the first one is just the top it's one of my favorite movies of all time so that's always has to stay at the top i actually got to see it in theaters when i was in florida that was one of my favorite theatrical experiences so Mm -hmm. i'm i adore this series i'm just really happy that you're watching it now too yeah, because I've had that uh, collection. I, I don't have it on me at the moment. Um, I have a bunch of other horror movies on me at the moment, including, uh, look at this crazy-ass, um, oh, crap, I guess you can't see it because my it's thing. Blumhouse but it's Blumhouse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. Hi, you yeah. see it's like a Blumhouse collection. It's got the weird, oh, I guess I have to watch the Purge movies next. Ah, oh. uh, <laughs> but it, you know, that Underworld or Resident Evil, uh, I'm going to go through those next, but uh yeah, I've decided this month, unless it's a brand new movie, like a 2022 released movie, uh, I every movie that I watch at home has to be a horror movie. And I'm having a great time with that. I'm mowing through these franchises. Uh, that's really all I had to say about Nightmare. It's my favorite horror franchise by far. Um, like, I even like, like, I love Saw, I love Insidious and stuff like that. And still, no, nothing holds a candle to how consistently fun... Like, I feel like the second one dives into camp, but third one finally masters it, and they just carry that on throughout the rest of the franchise. Yeah, I like two a lot, too, actually. Like, it's it's fairly high up there for me. I didn't like it the first time I saw it, but the more I watch it, a lot of the different kills and stuff, and obviously, I, especially if you watch, there's a documentary that actually came out separate from the one I was just talking about that's separately about just two and about, like, the actor that played the main character and how... He was gay at the time, but I think he might have still been like not fully out yet. Mm-hmm. And just about the different like how the movie was written and how the movie was kind of made to almost gay by accident is kind of how they say it. So oh, it's gayer than bros. For real. It's it's like insane how gay it is and how they say that they had no intentions behind it. So both I I can't remember what it's called. It's on shutter right now. So but this series in general like you were saying a fun of a ton of fun so much creativity and i had to ask you a question though i know you're a big paranormal activity guy too does Mm -hmm. this this still nightmare still goes above paranormal activity too paranormal activity is not very highly regarded by me (laughs) i thought you enjoyed it a little bit more than the average person i i I, I do because i have a box set of the first three movies and then i have the collection of the next six and then the new one just came out on paramount plus so that's never gonna be on physical media but um i i love those movies growing up and i i swore they were going somewhere with them uh but no I, i the first one's great and the third one's my favorite and the second one's good too uh but you know what's funny i think what is the one that was directed by uh ariel shulman or whatever the one with like the connect stuff in it oh Honestly, that connect one was the fourth one that's for sure that other than the stupid connect stuff that's one of my favorites in the series i know everyone wow. hates that movie but mm. especially because it has like the cast in it it's one of the best casts like in the entire series because it has that girl from freaky 
it has that guy that is in like sitcoms and stuff that it's like her boyfriend just those two alone kind of just elevate that movie to me where it's like this doesn't even feel like it should be in this series mm-hmm. and i think it was written actually by christopher landon i think is his name the guy who actually directed freaky and mm-hmm. did like happy death day and all that kind of stuff so that one just kind of holds a special place to me but i don't know it's it's funny uh my my girlfriend just watched uh dallas buyers club for uh for the first time I have not seen and- it Oh, it's a great movie. Uh, but she was telling me about the plot, and uh, I was like, I haven't thought about the plot of this movie in a decade. You know, I all I if it comes up, all I talk about is the performances, and I have that same situation now where you're just talking to me about the plot of the fourth one, and I'm like, oh yeah. Besides I... the, the fact that it's about an Xbox, like I have no recollection of that movie. What's it is a blonde girl, I think. Yeah. Oh, there's like a part where like a knife is like up in this up like above the ceiling and everything, and it drops down right in front of the dad's face, like on his computer. There's some very suspenseful moments that I really enjoy in that movie. Maybe you should go back and watch that one. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I go like I like to go back and rewatch that series. I go back and just I watch terrible horror movies all the time. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite things to do. I know you like watching a lot of different musicals and stuff. I know you love cats, which I consider a terrible musical. Yeah, so maybe maybe we just i like disaster pieces when it comes to horror and you like them when it comes to musicals and I, just I, large budget I disaster shitty pieces horror. shitty horror is great speaking of shitty horror you, you have to watch like bad vhs horror though i gotta show you some bad horror <laughs> oh trust me i'm the guy the site that i read for i always take the bad horror movies every week the like straight to walmart ones uh but speaking of bad horror movies because i know we don't have too much time left can you tell me what I'm supposed to enjoy about the Final Destination franchise? Because I watched five of them and I don't get it. Personally, I grew up with this series and they were honestly some of my earliest exposures into horror. If I'm being honest, like Scream was the first movie that I think I really saw. But when it came to like crazy horror, like violent stuff, it was the Final Destination movies. And honestly, as a child especially, I had, I was scared of a lot of shit. Like, I did not like horror stuff back then. I was scared of everything. So seeing these movies and seeing these freak accidents happening to people, that's what really got me and kind of made me fall in love with them. The stories, the stories in these movies are ass. They're some of the worst written movies probably in horror because it's not what they were really going for. Their budget was poured into these kills. They wanted you to just be freaked out. And later in the series, when digital technology took over, they got worse and worse. And the series definitely faltered because of it. And 3D shit. Just don't get me started on the 3D stuff. Those are some of my worst things in well, the whole Saw franchise. Too, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I it's just about the kills for me. I think they're fun movies. They're not great. I don't think they're one star movies. But I respect your opinion. No, four is where it seemed like the budget went up. And I actually, I thought it was all the better for it, honestly. But it seems like the type of movie that's for like paranoid people who like think that they're always going to die for no reason. I, I legit, after, was it four or five with the escalator thing where the girl's leg gets like, like pulled into the escalator? Uh, it almost does because of shoelace. Yeah, because it's the dream the or whatever too. Oh, I don't even remember four. I want to say I want to say so, but regardless, I yeah. legitimately, because because I was still younger at the time, stopped riding escalators. It just freaked my shit out. <laughs> and like, same thing with log trucks. When I see a log truck after the second movie, I think about that movie. Yeah, but that's Tan- just good tanning sense, beds. You know? Tanning beds from the third movie. I cannot get it out of there. It's just like, <laughs> I don't want to do that shit because I saw mm-hmm. it and like, it definitely has an effect. And I think that happened to a lot of other people that are closer to my age. I, because I grew up with them, I think they had more of an impact on me too. I saw them at such a young age, and the image is just in my brain. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's it for me. But yeah, I it's it's just a fun thing for me to go back and watch every now and then. Here's my compliment, because uh, you know you said, oh, Adam hates this. Okay, so they're all one star movies, not zero star movies. None of not, these offended me. They're not half stars. I give you. A, that's fine. Oh yeah, I only put half star on Letterbox so that because I can't put zero. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, because I do I don't do half stars. Um, 
if I did, Smile would be a 2.5 instead of a 2. Uh, but I digress. Uh, they're all one-star movies. None of them offended me, even though they should, because the plot oh, is terrible. Every single movie is exactly the same plot. Like, not even trying to deviate, you know, and play with your expectations whatsoever. Like, you know exactly when the dream sequence starts. And the same thing with is... Saw. <laughs> I... Like, honestly. No, Especially Saw the pulls these crazy sequels. twists out of their ass, and I, I appreciate that at least. With the insurance movie, that's the one that I actually think the when they, one. that's the one that actually is one of the better ones later in the series for yeah. me because they actually tried something. When it mm-hmm. comes to like, especially like four and five in there, mm-hmm. could not care less to watch those ones. Mm-hmm. But six, cool. They actually tried something again. Seven, they tried some things. <laughs> they did not work out as well, but they tried. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy some things in that movie, but. I like when these horror movies try to shoot for something at times, even if it's not always the greatest, but like you were saying, when they continue on that bland path, like Final Destination is very guilty of, it can get pretty shitty, but especially when you watch them in a row. That is true, but they're making a new one. So like, I'm hopeful that they're going to do some cool stuff. It's new people that are fans of the old movies. And apparently they did like some like stunt thing to get this, like, in a meeting or something like that they like did some random shit i can't remember what they did but they did something to get their attention and they actually got hired on the spot because of it i think i saw something can't remember mm-hmm. the specifics i'll pull it up later uh the third one is my favorite that's a two, the only two star one they have an actual movie star mary elizabeth winston i know she wasn't at the time the roller coaster stuff is iconic i you know i went to a theme park today every ryan, time i get a roller coaster i'm like am i in luck of, you know luck of the irish ryan merriman is in it as well don't get me twisted bro he was also in smart house he's a disney channel star he was um, the boy <laughs> but if i had to yeah three and then the rest are one stars um four five one two four better than five I guess I just like the I last like two more. because like four, four had boobs and a budget. Five had the funny uh, like 3D aspect to it, and at least it was over. I like um, the bridge stuff in five. I thought that was fun. I don't remember anything. I think the fourth one had NASCAR. I don't remember. It did. Uh, and then the first one was weird. Uh, I don't know. Everyone vote in the comments. What's worse, Blonde or the Final Destination franchise? Yes, um, give us all of your thoughts. Give us spooky season recommendations. Actually, someone let me know that my friend Madison actually likes to watch Supernatural for spooky season. Personally, I like the ghost hunting episodes in that show. I think those are a blast to watch. And Mm. there's even a Scooby-Doo episode where they animate them. I don't know. Have you ever seen Supernatural, really? No, my girlfriend has, though. Jump around in there, especially the Scooby-Doo episode. It's on Netflix. Watch that Mm. stuff. And I think you're going to have some fun with it. And Mm. it's just some goofy CW monster. Nothing really too scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Scooby Doo, Velma's gay, and and I just can't handle it. You know how yeah, dare they? You know I love it, and I want them to do more with it. I I hope they get really dark and just kind of creepy with that kind of stuff. Apparently, they weren't allowed to use Scooby Doo in it at all, which I just think is hilarious because they don't want Scooby Doo to be involved with the gays. But there's so much Scooby Doo content. I don't care. I was not going to watch it anyways. I mean, I'm going to watch her it. Being gay makes me want to watch it. I you love Scooby Doo. I'm watching anything Scooby Doo. I don't give a shit. But yeah, uh, that's that's all I have to say about movies today. Uh, we love gay, we love horror, and uh, I love blonde. Uh, but check me out, uh, Adam Ryan 03 on the platforms. Check me out on YouTube, Steve. I am the film fan reviews on YouTube. Hopefully I get a video out soon and go check me out on all that kind of stuff. And we will see you next time, everybody. 